Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, your children of the kingdom. Amen. Do you have in your mind's eye a picture of a perfect Sabbath, a good Sabbath? You maybe have heard that phrase among Jewish friends, or maybe at least you've seen Fiddler on the Roof and Tevya and his friends say one to another, good Sabbath, good Sabbath, good Sabbath. Do you have in your mind's eye a picture of a good Sabbath? Maybe you're picturing worship here at St. John's. Some of the way that I picture a good Sabbath would include the church is full, shoulder to shoulder, and there are lots of children and lots of old people, and still there are no distractions. The music interprets the texts beautifully. The sermon is just the right, just enough to engage and not to overwhelm. People are gathered in the church for Sabbath, for rest. It is a time of peace and of comfort. And maybe after service, your children come over, your grandchildren come, or you go to grandma's house and you enjoy a meal that has not just good food and good conversation, but even holy conversation. You talk about the service, the word, you pray together. Oh, good Sabbath. In some ways, we have those things in the gospel lesson from this Sunday. Mark chapter 1, 21 through 28. But we also have more than that. Because there, in Capernaum, Jesus goes into the synagogue on that Saturday, the Sabbath, and He teaches. And as the front of the bulletin says, they were astonished at his teaching, even before the ruckus started to take place. They are astonished at his teaching, for he teaches as one who has authority. And then it happens. There is this great interruption in the worship service. A man stands up in the midst of the synagogue, and he begins to scream at Jesus the teacher. And he speaks the truth, partly. He yells at Jesus and says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Have you come to destroy us? How terribly uncomfortable that Sabbath worship service must have been. I can barely imagine the discomfort Jesus, of course, casts out the demon, himself using a loud voice, and just just his word, he casts out the demon, but it's still, it's not my picture of a good Sabbath. An exorcism took place during that worship service, a battle that makes me uncomfortable and was completely Necessary. Because we 
Christians are always engaged in a battle. It is rarely, if ever in our life, an external, obvious, visible battle like was shown there in that synagogue in Capernaum. No, in our lives it is more often a hidden battle, but a battle all the same with the same old satanic foe. That's why Paul, when he writes to the dear Christians in Ephesus, rounds out his letter with these words, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Sisters and brothers, we are always engaged in a battle. Conflict. Conflict is the daily bread of our lives as humans counted by the name of Jesus Christ. And conflict, as uncomfortable as it is, conflict is a part of every Sabbath for us and must be. The third commandment, remember? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Luther asked, what does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and His Word, but gladly hear and learn it, holding it sacred. Because His Word always engages the battle with Satan. His Word always uncovers the lies that we are prone to believe. His Word uncovers the cultural problems that are always rebellion against His Word. His Word uncovers the problems of our families that are always rebellion against His Word on some level. And so the unclean spirit that day in that synagogue couldn't stand being there in the presence of the holy God. And so it spoke, or they spoke, the truth. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Have you come to destroy us? You see, with that question, the unclean spirit makes it obvious it knows. This will be a battle to the death. Have you come to destroy us? It will be a battle to the death of Jesus' death. And on that Friday when he dies, the day before the Sabbath, it is not a defeat. It is, in fact, the payment for all of our surrender to the devil's lies. It is, in fact, the payment for all our sin. It is not a defeat. And when he is buried in the tomb that Friday night and his body rests on that Sabbath, 
It is the beginning of our Sabbath rest, our victory. It must have been terribly frightening to be there in that synagogue that day in Capernaum. The devil, in a way, is scary. But don't be too scared. Be on your guard and stand in the Lord's strength, but do not be too scared, for he's not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He is no match for your champion. Kathy and I were reading the Today's Light Bible readings late last week with you. We came to Isaiah 44, like a lot of you, and came across that marvelous, vivid example that Isaiah is given to use. You might remember this. In Isaiah 44, he's given to write, consider the insanity of this. A man goes and chops down a tree. With half of the tree, he carves an idol that he sets up and he worships. With the other half of the tree, he cooks his food. Is this not insanity? And then the Today's Light Bible reading said, Ask the Holy Spirit to show you the idols in your hands. Maybe those idols, it said, are an investment for portfolio in which you have amassed some wealth and some comfort. Maybe it's a picture of your family up on the wall, or maybe it's a, a certificate of achievement up on the wall, or one that you want to put up there. Look at the idols in your hands and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal them and then place them in the hands of Jesus and ask Him, day in and day out, to destroy them. The good news is, He has. He does. And He gives you rest. Sabbath rest. Not only here on the weekend, on a Saturday or a Sunday. He gives you rest daily in repentance and forgiveness. He gives you the authority of His Word that keeps on drawing you back to worship and to Bible study, back to the sword of the Spirit. That's what Paul writes to these dear Christians of Ephesus who, like you, are engaged in a battle. He says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and, on, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You were engaged in a battle that you do not fight alone. You cannot fight alone. But we have one who has fought for us and daily is with us. And he gives us Sabbath. 
And there is no perfect worship Sabbath, not according to my definition. There are never, in my mind, enough children in church or enough old people. And there are always distractions. You know it. Even if they're not external, they are certainly internal. There are spiritual battles and interruptions, external, internal, all the time. And yet, let's hope that every time we're here together and every time we're reading the Word of God, there is a conflict going on when His Word is exposing our sins and answering every one of those sins with His authority. In the synagogue that day, there was this terribly uncomfortable conflict that had to take place. It's the very first miracle that Mark records. This Jesus has come to do battle and to win for you. To sin and to death and to devil, Jesus said, be silent. Come out of him. And Mark finishes it with, and his fame spread throughout the region. And why not? Because people told the good news of this one who came to fight and win. And he has won battles, and he has won the war, and he's given you the rest. And his fame spreads. Somebody told you the good news about Jesus. They carried you to the font, and they didn't stop there. They kept on telling you the good news about Jesus. And you keep on telling others that he's given us rest. That is a good Sabbath. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding. Keep our hearts and our minds safe in faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.